Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. I don't. Um, all I know is they're going to be put on IR. Uh, they're going through surgery or have gone through surgery already, and, and uh, but that's really where where I'm at at this point. Are you holding out hope at all on either of those guys? Um, y- yes, um, I, I don't think that that door has been shut totally, um, but again, more information needed to, to really be able to say that. Um, I'll say both. Bills head coach Sean McDermott leaving the window of opportunity of open there for maybe a possible return. Daquan Jones, Matt Milano both placed on IR today. We welcome in the co-host of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, the podcast you can hear on the Odyssey app with Sal Capaccio and it's Matt Beauvais stopping by the sports bar. Matt, we know you were overseas. You were in London. Before we get to the Giants, before we look back at what happened last weekend, how was your trip? How was Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? And is that a true look at what Bills fans can expect when the new stadium is built? Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. The trip was good. The stadium is incredible. I think the stadium might be, you know, a little bit overshadowed because of the loss of the game. And people are like, ah, crap. Well, I don't really care about the stadium, whatever. But I took a tour of the stadium before the game, and it is gorgeous. And if the new stadium, Orchard Park, is half as nice as this stadium, which it will be, I think we are in for a really, really nice treat. It's spectacular. So Bills fans should be really excited because it's a gorgeous facility. Matt, uh, did the Bills err in uh, leaving on Thursday night when they did? I don't think so. I don't think that it was a big deal. I think that because they lost the game, there was going to be something that needed to be talked about of why. And I think this is probably the most low-hanging fruit that somebody could take. I don't think if they get there a day early – Kyrie Elam is better able to cover Kelvin Ridley. I don't think if they get there another day earlier, James Cook is all of a sudden more effective in the run game. So I don't really think it makes that big of a difference. I think that the Bills just didn't play a good game. The Jaguars did, and I think the Jags are also a pretty good team. And I think when you put all of that together, the Bills lost a game that they shouldn't have lost, but I don't think they lost because they went a day later than maybe they could have ultimately gone. I mean, the players say what you want. Like, I don't know if they got fully acclimated to the time or whatever, but they also don't want to just like leave. You know, that would also have annoyed them. I think the Jags were annoyed that they had to stay the entire week. 
So I don't know. I think maybe it is a factor, but I don't think it's the reason they lost. So Matt, you, you brought up some of the points that, that, you know, some of the down, down, uh, arrows pointing down for for the bills on sunday one thing that i just noticed whenever the bills lose it it always seems to come down to one word for me and it's physicality and on that offensive line you mentioned cook not being able to get it go did you notice that the the bills offensive line just wasn't their normal physical self or at least the physical team that we saw there for the the two games that they were able to dominate their opponent maybe a little bit but i keep going back to i understand the physicality point but for me the thing that i think that the reason they lost the game was just like a lack of urgency, and I don't know if that completely correlates to when they got out there, but the play calling was just really, really weird to me, and I didn't understand a lot of the decision-making, especially in the first half, with how ineffective the Bills were with moving the ball and how that ultimately led to their struggles. I mean, I think about the first couple drives of the game, Josh Allen throwing it six yards short of the sticks to Dalton Kincaid, and he's not able to get the first down, and then they have to punt. And then finally they get a first down, and then they do like this little jet pitch thing to James Cook, and he loses six yards. And then on the next play, you're doing a screen pass to Latavius Murray, where legitimately the only read on the play is the screen to Latavius Murray, and he doesn't even come close to the first down. So I think, yeah, maybe it was a lack of physicality at the line of scrimmage, and that's why they weren't able to be more effective in the run game. But I think in pass pro, they were actually okay. I think it was a pretty standard game for what we've kind of come to assume from this offensive line. I just think that offensively, they were just really, really flat on Sunday, and that's what cost them. Matt Beauvais uh, is the sports director at WKBW in Buffalo, and you hear him as the co-host with Sal Capaccio, the Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast inside the Odyssey app. So... Matt, you, you mentioned the word Kyrie the name Kyrie and it's to me, it's a mystery. Like, how did he go from first round pick and then, all right, he's not going to be the starter, but he's still being OK. At least that's what we thought during camp. And then, oh, he's inactive to, oh, my gosh, um, did they bring in Josh Norman here as kind of a, hey, let's help out the kid here, uh, you know, and try to figure this out? Because, Matt, how would you kind of assess what's happened here uh, to Kyrie Lim here as uh, he's in his second year? I don't get it. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I think that there's skill there. I think that there's talent there. That's obvious because he is a first round pick, but at the end of the day, I just don't know how he gets himself out of the doghouse. I think it's almost like a difference in philosophy, which is one of the reasons why he hasn't been able to kind of take the next step. Kyrie Elam is his best self when he's playing physical, when he can get his hands on a receiver and he can shut them down at the line. And then I watch the game and he's lined up six, seven, eight yards away from Kelvin Ridley. And it's just getting beat on every single rep. And it's like, yeah, Kelvin Ridley's a really good player, but you're also not letting this guy do what he's good at. Does he have any chance of succeeding if you're not letting him try and do what he is supposed to be able to do? I don't know what's going to happen, but Dane Jackson does not practice today. Christian Benford does. So if you get Christian Benford back, guys, I will not be surprised if it's Christian Benford and Jamarcus Ingram called up from the practice squad to be their starting two corners because I don't think they liked what they saw from Kyrie Elam. I don't think they're at the point yet where they trust Kyrie Elam. And I think they're honestly just looking for somebody who can be okay. Not somebody like Kyrie Elam's thing right now is Kyrie Elam has the upside and he has the potential, but they're not in a position where they can be searching for somebody with potential and giving them the reps to ultimately get to that point. They just need somebody to come in and play right now and not hurt them. So I don't think Elam is in that position yet. Given everything that we know then, Matt, with the injuries to to Jones and, and to Milano, to the struggles of Kyer Elam and everything that we're talking about here on the defensive side of the ball, 
if you were to tinker, if you were to give somebody reps, somebody that normally doesn't get reps, if you're going to experiment, well, wouldn't this be the weekend to do it? Wouldn't Sunday night be the time against a Giants offense that's depleted and, and your really focus is your your sole focus is probably stopping Saquon Barkley? I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't you give more opportunity to Kyrie Elam against the Giants just to see if if he can turn it around? Sure. I mean, I think in theory that probably makes a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, you are coming off of a loss and you have to win these games against your opponents who you are certainly superior than. So to me, I hear your point and I would say, yeah, you would feel comfortable regardless of who's starting at second corner that you should be able to win this game. But I think they might think they're not thinking that way. They're just thinking, okay, we need to put the best team possible out there right now and we'll figure that out later. So I think Josh Norman is long play. I don't think that we're going to see him on the field anytime soon. I think they bring him in because he knows the system and they want to see what he has left in the tank. Because, you know, Sean really likes Josh Norman. I know that when he was here, he was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. We'll see what he has left in the tank. What, what you say in theory makes sense, but I don't think they're thinking of it that way. I don't think that they're like, okay, we're going to win this game regardless. I think they're going into it like we just lost. We absolutely now need to respond with a win because we cannot be playing catch-up in the AFC. feels like we saw a little impatience out of Sean McDermott on Sunday as well, Matt, as, as you had Dorian Williams immediately replacing Matt Milano, and then you saw Tyrell Dotson there at the end of the game. Do you think one of those two guys will emerge here and play consistently, or, or should we expect that we're going to see both of those guys try to fill the shoes of Matt Milano, uh, you know, which is a, tall, a hard enough task to do? Yeah, I think you'll probably see both of those guys and they'll kind of do a rotation. I think that Sean will use them in different settings. I think in a passing down or in like a definite situation where you think you're going against like a pass heavy offense, you might lean a little bit more on Dorian Williams. And then for a bigger attack for like the Giants, for example, if they're going to just turn around and hand the ball to Saquon Barkley, I think you'll probably have more of Tyrell Dotson out on the field just because I think they like what he can do in that space more. The one thing about Dodson that kind of was always holding him back was his play in pass pro, or excuse, not pass pro, excuse me, in pass coverage. So I think that you'll probably see a combination of the two of them. But given their skill sets, I don't think either of them will eventually just take over and be like the full-time starter next to Terrell Bernard. I think it'll be a rotation of the two. Matt, we're less than uh, three weeks away from the trade deadline. We saw Brandon Bean make a couple of moves last year. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, from a production standpoint, yeah, you you don't win that Patriot game maybe if if Hines doesn't make those two kickoff returns. That's not what he was brought in for. But I guess my question is, with all these injuries starting to pile up, Milano and Daquan Jones, and we can't forget about Trey White and, you know, what is uh, right now a lack of depth at corner, if Brandon Bean was going to make a move, what position could you see that happening at? So I think corner is the obvious one, but you have to have a player out there who you think is going to be available and who you think immediately helps your team. And I don't know if like Patrick Sertan in Denver is available or if somebody in Minnesota is available. I'm just thinking of teams that have started the season slow and their future looks murky. So you're trying to see if you can take advantage of it. I think corner and linebacker are obviously the two that you would think about. I also would be sniffing around for a wide receiver. I don't think I would give up a premium to get a wide receiver, but I wonder if you can get Denver on the phone and you can say, okay, we'll give you a second or third round pick for Jerry Judy. Take it if you want it. Like, I wonder if they would do that. And then it makes you that much more dynamic in the short term. I think, that there's one of two ways you can approach the rest of the season. The second way, which I think is the wrong way, is trying to find guys to replace Matt Milano and Daquan Jones and Tredavious White. 
There is nobody available who is going to be able to replace those guys, which brings me to the first way, which is go all in on the offense. You're going to live and die by your offense. And for me, that's why it's like, okay, guys, we saw you're able to put up 48 points. Obviously last week was not the same, but we're going to win these games. We're going to win playoff games because of our offense. And if you're going to do that, then, hey, maybe try and go find another weapon out there and lean into it and say, this is how we're going down. We're going down swinging, and if it works, it works. Matt, we're close to it, so we kind of know the truth, but I think nationally there's going to be a narrative that always uh, it rears its ugly head whenever Stefan Diggs looks upset. And we saw yeah. a moment on the sideline where he threw the tablet down and immediately everybody went to, oh, he's mad at Josh Allen again. Tell us a little bit about what Allen said today after practice about that specific incident. Well, he said that Diggs ran the wrong route and he was mad at himself, basically. And everything that those guys do gets overanalyzed and becomes a narrative, and it shouldn't. Stephon Diggs is a very fiery guy. That's what I want to see for my number one wide receiver, if I'm a fan. I want to see somebody who cares. I want to see somebody who's passionate. He was pissed because he thought he hurt his team by running the wrong route on a certain play. So, good. I like that passion. It's the same way... You know, if Josh throws the iPad because he had a bad interception or a bad decision, but because it's Stefan Diggs, of course it goes on social media and because, of course, people are talking about it. I think it's much to do with nothing. I think the relationship there is totally fine, and I just think that they're two really competitive guys who really want to win. That's Matt, what I think. Matt Bovey, uh, WKBW, our guest, always game day in Buffalo as we look ahead here to the Giants. What's your level of fear uh, that Brian Dable will know how to uh, devise the perfect scheme to uh, shut down Josh Allen? Your thoughts on Dable coming back here? I'm interested because I have thought about that this week, and I was like, man, if anybody knows what Josh likes and what Josh doesn't like, it's Brian Dable. I think even more so than Ken Dorsey, honestly. So I think that Ken Dorsey is going to need to be smart this week on how he's approaching this game, but I also don't think that he needs to try to make this team something they're not. You still need to do what you're good at. You still need to incorporate Stefan Diggs. You still need to make sure that you're spreading the ball around. Maybe this is a game where there's an unsung hero that pops up, like a Damian Harris or like a Latavius Murray, and those guys get a little bit more play. Listen, the Giants' defense is not good. If the Bills only have put up 20 points against the Giants, that's really, really concerning. So, yeah, I think that you probably have to be a little bit more aware because you know how much those guys know about your team and about your schemes, but don't overthink it. Just you know, let them go play and they should be good enough to get a win. Yeah, man, we were saying earlier that if if it is indeed Tyrod Taylor on Sunday, big Tyrod Taylor revenge Ooh. game energy on Sunday, if it is indeed Tyrod Taylor and the Bills somehow yeah. find themselves losing to Brian Dable's club at home in primetime on Sunday night, would that go down as the worst Buffalo Bills loss in the regular season in franchise history? Oh, I don't know about that. There's some bad ones. Um, I haven't even looked. What is the? Do you know the line? Fourteen. I, I saw the Bills. Fourteen. That's crazy to me. Like I know the Giants aren't good, but I don't think they're that bad. They were a playoff team last year. They're not that bad. Uh, would it be the worst in franchise history? No. I can think of a couple that probably immediately come to mind. The Jags game from a few years ago was really bad. I remember driving to that game. And that was in the middle of still like the COVID stuff happening. And I believe Mitch Trubisky went on the COVID list. And I remember driving to the game and saying, oh, my God, what if Josh has to go on the COVID list and still thinking they would be able to beat the Jags with Davis Webb, who had never had a career start. And then they still ended up losing that game. 
So, no, I, I don't know if it would be that bad, but, you know, I, I guess hopefully we don't have to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, but it would be really bad, but I don't know if it would be the worst. Matt, before uh, we let you go, uh, it, you know, we're obviously excited about hockey here in Western New York. We look at the Amherst oh. roster. It's like, wow, they are stacked. And your thoughts on the Sabres and what should be the expectation for Sabre fans this year? Oh, I'm so ready for hockey. I'm so glad you guys asked me this because today and tomorrow, honestly, that's going to be my bigger focus is the hockey stuff. I think the expectations for the Sabres come down to a couple different things, but the biggest factor is goaltending. If Devin Levi is good, they are a playoff team. If Devin Levi is great, then they are a team that I think could really surprise a lot of people, similar to what the Devils did last year. If Devin Levi is okay and the goaltending is similar to what it was last season, then I still still think they're probably a team that's right in it till the end and probably comes up a little bit short, similar to what they did last year. I think the thing that they have going for them is that they can score goals and they can put up four or five goals a night on pretty much any goalie on any team. The question is, is the defense going to be better? I think naturally the offense will regress a little bit, but I also think the defense will improve. And I think that's probably a better recipe for a more consistent brand of hockey. The Sabres missed the playoffs last year because of the eight-game losing streak where they did not get a point. If they win one of those games, they're in the playoffs. And I know that's, you know, a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I just think that they'll be a little bit better in their own end, and their goaltending will be a little bit better. And that's why I think, I don't think they're, you know, great, but I think they're probably a team that finishes fourth in their division, but still gets a wild card spot, goes to the playoffs, and can maybe win a series, maybe, depending on how good they play and how much they develop. And Matt, with uh, the Darlene extension earlier this week, and you kind of look at the core players, the guys that are making the big bucks for the Buffalo Sabres, don't you just get the sense that this is Kevin Adams? And, and they're building it in a very similar way. I know they're different sports, but very similar to what the Bills have done. They've got their core guys, guys that, that want to be here, guys that have embraced being mm-hmm. Buffalo Sabres, and they're building around those guys. I mean, are, the similarities are, are too glaring to ignore, correct? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're building around the middle of the ice, which is obviously Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. I think Tage Thompson is the more well-known player around the league right now, but I think Dylan Cousins might become the best forward on the Sabres roster, and I think that might even happen this year. He's just a really, really good hockey player. And then, obviously, defensively, you're going to build around guys like Darlene, who I think is a top four or five defenseman in the entire NHL. I think Owen Power is continuing to trend in that direction. They'll get him signed at some point. They just need to figure out, is it going to be a bridge contract for three, four, five years, or is it going to be an eight-year deal where you just know you have those two guys for the foreseeable future? And then you have all of those secondary guys, some of the guys who have played in Rochester, like Quinn, like Paterka, like Middlestat. What are their roles become? At the end of the day, the core for the Sabres looks so solid if Levi turns out to be the guy. Because if you have a legit goalie with those other pieces, you are going to be a very good team for a very long time. But getting the goalie is so important. So now this year we're going to find out, is Devin Levi that guy? Will he become that guy? What does the workload look like for him? So it's a really interesting season. But, yeah, they've got a young, impressive core that I think might be one of the best in the NHL. I think a lot of teams would kill to be in the position the Sabres are with Cousins, with Thompson, with Darlene, with Power, and then with all the prospects that they have who you guys are going to get to see in Rochester. If we may recommend a Bills podcast, it would be always game day in Buffalo. Uh, Matt, tell everybody, uh, when does the next one drop here? Well, we're going to record one tonight. So I think that it should be available for you first thing tomorrow morning. 
And, yeah, I mean, we usually do about two or three a week. We always do one right after the game. We usually do one midweek, and then we usually do one later in the week to kind of get you ready for the next game. So a lot of it depends on Sal Capaccio might be like the busiest guy in the world. And now that I have a six-month-old, I'm becoming busier. Hmm. So sometimes it's only two, sometimes it's three, but we'll make sure we get, uh, we get everybody one sometime in the next 24 hours. Here. And you guys are streaming that as well. For anybody that's watching our stream at uh, the Fan Rochester on YouTube, you can get that stream on YouTube as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. It's on YouTube now, which is great because it's another place where people can find us, but it also stinks because now I have to pay attention to what I look like. <laughs> For so long, Dude, I could you're better. on TV. What are you talking this about? This TV guy worried about it. What, yeah. what are you worried about? The bags under your eyes because you're not getting sleep yeah. with your six-month-old? Yeah, the, constant, the constant bags under my eyes, the lighting. <laughs> I mean, we're cheating. In a TV studio, we got nice lights that make everybody look good and shine. I record the podcast. If you ever watch it, you'll see me in front of a bookshelf. I mean, I'm in my basement. It's about as non-luxurious yeah. as possible. So, yeah, it, the, the setting is not perfect for i guess the uh the aesthetics of everything well matt we appreciate the work that you and sal are doing on the pod and and the coverage you're you're doing uh for the buffalo bills and covering the buffalo bills uh great having you on let's do it again soon bud absolutely thanks for having me i'll see you guys sunday you All got right. it thanks There's matt bovey it's always game damn buffalo with uh, sal capaccio wkbw in buffalo as well oh i think i'm gonna steal that take you 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 cannot replace Matt Milano. You can't replace Trey White. You can't really p- replace Daquan Jones. But can you make this offense better? There's enough there on defense. I like that thought. Add more to offense. Ultimately, yeah. you're going to score more points than your opponent. The the defense I think was always going to be a bend but don't break defense. That's Sean McDermott. That's you know, we're going to score more points and we're going to prevent you from scoring points. We might give up a lot of yards, might give up some big plays, but we're not going to give up a lot of points. We'll be able to score more points. You, you add to the offense before the trade deadline. I still think they kind of stamp out. I don't think they're going to be real active, but there are some needs. It just feels like those glaring needs are on the defensive side of the ball. And Sean McDermott himself says that we, we don't replace, we, we, Play the next man up. Well, like I've said before multiple times, you never replace a player. Um, and I don't like to get into comparing players. I don't think that's healthy. Overall, um, it's it's the job of the person who is stepping in to, to do the job. And uh, and we have full confidence in that player, whoever that player is in this case. And, I um, mean, a piece of this is you, you play, you know, those guys can't, they're not able to play. You know, the guys that, you know, you're all, you know, talking about. And so piece of it is playing for those guys too because you know they were a big piece of this team and and still are but they can't you know help it so much now so so we play for them they don't replace next man up always next man up yeah so jamarcus ingram over Kyrie Lim of wow. dane jackson can't go if you're gonna do it this is the Ooh, week to do it yeah might as well do it this week play around a little bit get weird Happy hours on the way next in the sports bar. We'll get to a round of shots. We have time for your calls as well. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That number is 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, the new location, 135 West Commercial Street in ER, goodsmokebbq.com. Chris writing in. The reason why we asked Matt Bovey this question, was it the jet lag? He said, no, the jet lag doesn't excuse for this, this, this. I'll, I'll listen to that. We're making too much of it. He called it low-hanging fruit. Chris writing in, 
you know, look, it was no joke, Hapa Greco <laughs> and not having TD Bianchi on Sunday. Maybe. Morning. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just, I don't know how you felt having to go online to get your soccer, soccer scores, scores, your Italian soccer scores from Italy. From Italy. Yeah. I, that that's that's a little bit much. I'd rather just listen to the dulcet tones of Joe Capagreco in the Italian carousel on a Sunday morning. Appreciate that, Chris. Uh, your tweets, your updates on X at the Fan Rochester. If you want to engage with us there, happy hour next in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Fan. Get ready to start the NFL week off right tomorrow night. It's Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of ninety five seven The Fan. Right now. All customers getting no sweat same game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three leg same game parlay on tomorrow night's game between the Broncos and Chiefs. You'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike M-I-K-E so you you don't miss out on your chance to get a no sweat same game parlay on America's number one sports book, FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. Refund issued as is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com for help with a gambling problem. Call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts a-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys your choice of color starting at just $3.99 Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster Tempur-Pedic Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to fifteen hundred bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.